0: Welcome to another episode of Film Streak. My name is Rob, and every episode here, you know what we do. We watch new movies, and always something new. You know, the idea of watching an old favorite, uh, something maybe you hadn't seen in a long time. I like doing that, too. I'm into that. But I think the main thing that I want to focus on with this podcast is I'm trying to watch something new, trying to get... All these films that I've been wanting to see, I've got on a watch list uh, to to catch up with someday, I'm trying to do that. So this episode, I've got some different types of films that all kind of relate to a, a, a topic that is uh, very relevant to me at the moment. I'm a father. I have two kids. They're both grown now. The experience of being a father for uh, oh, two decades now... Um, It's given me a lot to think about. It's given me a lot of perspective, even in terms of how I look at my own father and my grandfathers and and the the times they must have had and the things they must have had to deal with uh, just raising kids. And so being able to look back on that kind of experience now, as my kids are grown, adults now, it's interesting to see like where the challenges are and where the things that you think are going to be easy to deal with or easy to understand turn out to be the opposite. And the things that you thought were going to be tough turn out to be not so bad. And so here I wanted to take a look at some films that uh, in one way or another, address that, that experience of being a father and maybe being a good father, maybe being a bad father. And what that means, not only for that person, that the character in these some of these films, but also the children involved. You know, I have a, I have a very different experience maybe with my father. I mean, you, you go back, you listen to a previous episode, uh, two episodes that I did with my dad. Obviously, we have a good relationship, I think. We we love talking about movies together. We love talking about a lot of things. We share a lot. We're very kind of open with each other. But at the same time, um, I, I still, I'm, I'm an adult too, so I got my own life. And so I have to look at uh, things from my point of view. And now that I see my kids going into that part of their life, also, uh, it's given me... It's giving me a different respect, not that I didn't have respect for but it's just, I'm, I'm starting to see them for the people that they are. Not just children, not just youngsters I gotta look after. So, you know, Father's Day is here and it's important for me to really uh, use this time and think about this and reflect on this in a way, you know, I, and, and everything I went through with my mom and Mother's Day And emotionally trying to process all that, it's a lot. And so it's at least given me a new appreciation for these days, which kind of seem like throwaway holidays um, in in a sense, you know, they don't close down stores and banks and all that for Mother's Day or Father's Day. But the idea of taking a day, at least one single day out of an entire year, to appreciate, to celebrate, to honor uh, your parents, the people in your lives that are mothers and fathers. Oh man, it's, it's really giving me a whole new perspective on that. So here um, I wanted to take the chance and look at some movies that have fathers and people dealing with their fathers and all that. And so look, uh, before we get into it though, if you are just new to Streak, just checking this out, go to filmstreak.com. You can find other episodes there. You can subscribe. Uh, You've got links to all the podcast places. You can even sign up to get these by email. Easy enough. Trying to not make it hard for you. Um, I've also got a a list on IMDb that I keep track of all these films. And so you can use that also. You can go there and add these to your watch list. You can see if they're available to stream somewhere. Whatever you like. IMDb is pretty cool like that, right? All right, so let's jump into it. Father's Day, coming up. All right, so first up here, we've got Film streak 266, Don't Make Me Go.
1: Wally, what are you doing up there? I tried to text you, but but my phone died. Your phone died? That's it? I didn't mean to scare you, I swear. Come down here right now. Not you. You stay up there. There's one option, but the operation is risky. So when are you having the surgery? I don't know. How do I tell my daughter? I'm kind of it for her. So how are you? Let's go somewhere. We've never taken a real road trip together. No way. It's the rest of summer. We're going. I will be miserable the entire time. I will teach you to drive on the way. If you have a good attitude for real, I'll let you get behind the wheel. If you promise to never do that again, ever. I will never, ever do it again. Get out. All right, good. We're gonna see so much good stuff driving. When you look back on this trip, I want you to remember you and me spending time together, not you waiting for your boyfriend to call. I need you to drive. I didn't know your headaches were this bad. You never tell me anything. Clear. Go now. Did you close your eyes? No. Always keep your eyes open. One second, okay? Is this what a midlife crisis is?
0: No. Yes.
1: bet on you. I want you for my whole life. You have a fire inside you, Wally. Life is going to pull some moves to try and put it out. Trust yourself.
0: Uh, So this is a film uh, from director Hannah Marks. Uh, It's got John Cho. Uh, Mia Isaac is in this. And they play a father and daughter that are, in, in some ways, very contemporary. I mean, this feels like a very real, a very uh, accurate father and daughter relationship. And, and it's not even that it's specific to this time, but it feels very current. I'm sure this kind of thing has always existed throughout time, whether it's uh, between parents and children or specifically fathers and daughters. I can understand that. I can attest to that. Um, even the sort of confrontational manner that sometimes can come about. uh, I mean, it happens and it doesn't mean that it's a bad relationship. doesn't mean there are problems. It just means that these are people that are finding each other and learning about each other. And so look, this film, uh, the premise of it, the plot is it's a little bit of a downer, um, and I, I don't want to give too much of it away, but, you know, the, the setup is that Max, uh, John Cho's character, he's got a young daughter, Wally, and they, um, they're they kind of disconnected from each other at the start. You know, we see Wally going out. She's at parties. She's being kind of irresponsible. Um, she ends up getting grounded because she just really uh, crossed the line. And Max has... has dealing with his own things, being a divorced dad, a single dad. Um, He's trying to, you know, make, make a life for him and his daughter, but he's also got his own life that he's trying to live. And he's trying to respect his his daughter as, as a person, as an individual. And this is that point where there's a, such a fine line that you have to walk as a parent. I mean, the early years when they're, Babies and kids and even young teenagers, adolescents, uh, maybe that's more manageable than most people would expect. The hard part, or at least in my experience, and I'm sure for most people, I look. come on, let's be real, probably for most people is that transition from teenager into adult, and it's hard enough to go through it. I've been there. I remember that. But to be the person uh, that's the parent or the parental figure in the equation, you have to make your own transition from being the caretaker and the guardian and the, 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 the nose wiper and all that into being the person that just says, okay, I have to back away now. I have to let you make decisions. I have to let you do things. And maybe you do them right. Maybe you don't do them right but I have to start giving space, but I don't want to get, it goes against everything I've been doing for 18 years or so. I don't want to let that space be there. I need to be close. I need to be there. That's the real struggle emotionally, mentally, whatever that parents have to go through. And then and, and I found myself going through that. And I think this film actually really just kind of nails that dynamic, that real uh, dilemma That not only is Max going through trying to understand and respect his daughter and what she wants to do in life and, and the things that she has on her mind, but also Wally and her not really getting her dad and maybe not whether it's like, oh, she doesn't think he's cool or she doesn't think he makes sense either. Or why is he being selfish? Because he's caring about himself instead of me, you know, all those things come into question and it's, it's real. It's, it's what happens now where the film kind of elevates the whole thing. The stakes get raised is Max finds out he goes to the doctor. Max is having some, some issues. He's having some focus. He's having some headache issues. And so he goes to the doctor. turns out he has uh, a a tumor uh, in his brain or near his brain, something like that. And the prognosis is not good, is that it's possible he could get it medically resolved, surgery and whatever, but it's very high risk. And so he takes the approach of, okay, I don't want to do that and end up losing my life and my daughter losing me in her life. So I'm just not going to do anything and just live out whatever days I have. That's a choice. That's a choice you can make. Um, and so when he decides that he really changes his path in life to being the guy who has a daughter, but is also, you know, trying to have a relationship with someone and trying to move forward in life still. And now he's like, okay, I got to scrap everything else. I'm just going to focus on my daughter. She's the one that's going to matter. Whatever I do, whatever I do for her, it's all going to pay off in the end but I've got to put in the time now I've got to put in the work. And so that's where the movie really takes us on what essentially becomes like a road trip. He's going to his, uh, I think it's like college reunion and uh, or maybe high school reunion, I guess. And so that's where the title is. Is like, while he doesn't want to go on this, she has no interest and he doesn't really tell her why she's going, but that it's important. And the, the other factor here is that there's an ex-wife, there's a mother that is part of the story, but uh, it, it's, it's kind of, this is where the film really gets, it turns into a real bummer, you know? Is Max is taking Wally to his reunion, but also while they're there to find her mother, to let them reunite in a sense, kind of get to know each other. I'll just say the end of the film, if you haven't seen it, of course, um, it's really hard to to process um, because it kind of zags. You, you think it's going a certain way. The story, even what I just said, the premise is kind of set up to expect a certain thing to happen, a certain outcome. And then it totally takes another turn. And um, it's certainly heart wrenching. It's it's terrible what happens in the story and i'll say i mean it does uh, you know if you're a parent and if you've dealt with issues like this or or a relationship a dynamic like this with your kids uh yeah it 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 can hit you pretty hard and so as a parent as a father with a daughter i would say this is really a recommendation it's really strong in a sense of making these characters feel like real people, like you really know them or you've seen this uh in in parents or in even in the children who they're just trying to figure things out. And sometimes it, the struggle is you have someone there that that can help you figure this out, but you're just on different wavelengths. You know, you just not hearing each other, you're not seeing each other. And so This film, I think, explores some of that, of them trying to really see each other in the moment, not as father and daughter, not as parent and child, but as person to person. And I think that's important. I mean, from my own experience as a son, also as a father, that's an important thing to make that leap, to have that mental shift of, okay, well, this isn't isn't just my dad, this isn't just my mom, And this is, these aren't just my kids. These are people. And when you spend so much time seeing someone as one thing or one sort of relationship in your life to suddenly now, okay, I've got to see you differently, but you're still the same person. I'm still the same person. How does this work? So, um, I I like this film in that regard. I like what it's trying to do, what it's trying to say. Um, Ultimately, I guess it it really is hitting on the theme of, you know, appreciate what you have, and maybe it's not perfect, and maybe it's not uh, the best. Uh, Maybe it's not even really uh, something you can understand completely in the moment, but appreciate it because the day will come where you will understand it, you will be able to appreciate it and understand the value of it. So uh, that's a recommendation for me. That's uh, Don't Make Me Go. Uh, where did I see that? I think I saw that on, maybe it's Amazon Prime. I think that's like an exclusive there. So definitely check that one out. All right, Film Streak 267, The Whale.
1: I know these rules can feel constraining, but remember, the point of this course is to learn how to write clearly and persuasively. Think about that. Think about the truth of your argument. You're an amazing person, Ellie. I couldn't ask for a more incredible daughter.
0: Are you actually trying to parent me right now?
1: Who would want me to be a part of their life?
0: You don't stay in touch with mom?
1: She really only tells me things about you. Why? Because that's all I wanna know about. Why'd you gain all that weight? Someone close to me passed away, and it had an effect on me. You haven't seen her since she was eight years old, and you're going to reconnect with her? Sorry. I don't like this. This isn't a good idea. I'm sorry. You say you're sorry one more time. I will shove a knife right into you. I swear to God. Go ahead. What's it going to do? My internal organs are two feet in at least. (laughs) Why do you suddenly need to see her so bad? Why now? I'm worried that she's forgotten what an amazing person she is. I need to know that she's gonna have a decent life where she cares about people and it's just gonna be okay.
0: This is the latest film from director Darren Aronofsky, who uh, has done some really impressive and and uh, sometimes traumatic films that uh, really kind of cut deep, uh, hit on a deeper level. and uh, And sometimes it's not always clear how those things are going to shape up, especially when you just hear the premise of the film. And this one is really... No different. Uh, This is about a college professor who on the surface is just extremely overweight or obese. And here's someone whose quality of life, whose living condition is really, uh, really in bad shape. And the idea being that he's overweight, so that limits his ability to be mobile, but then that limits his ability to interact with the world. And that limits his ability to have relationships and to connect. And we start to get an idea of where this all comes from, Uh, the the, uh, emotions and the trauma that led him to this point. But the main focus, the the whole thing this story really turns on, is his daughter, who uh, was maybe kind of... um, out of the picture, or he was out of her picture, let's say, she catches up to him. And in a way, I, it, it almost feels like trying to reconnect, but she's so broken and bitter about it that it is a really terrible experience uh, for a teenage daughter to want to connect with her dad. Uh, that can seem like a really poignant and moving thing, uh, a story point, but here it's traumatizing. I mean, it's, this is a young woman who has her own interests in mind, first and foremost. She's trying to get through school and he's a professor. So she's trying to use him to help her get by. And when we start to see that he wants to just connect with her, he doesn't mind helping her. He doesn't even mind having money for her. But that's not what he sees himself as. He sees himself as someone who has maybe almost lost a daughter and has a chance to reconnect and and gain her back. But the the situation he's put himself in unravels throughout the film. And we start to see, oh, he's built these relationships, the few that he has that are so dependent on uh, his his way of kind of hiding truths and denying truths. And man, I tell you what, look, this is a really hard watch. I mean, it's brutal. The amount of guilt and and shame and uh, almost uh, negligence on display, by these characters. Um, The only character who really kind of has uh, a a reasonable uh, train of thought and and, uh, just can see clearly is Liz, who is a friend who comes by to to help Charlie, who um, helps him get his meals and helps him get around. And, And even though he doesn't leave the apartment that he's in, Um, thinks in a way that she's helping a friend who has no other options. But when she finds out he actually did have other options and chose to not tell her. I You know, it's such a this is such a strange and unusual study of wounded people and hurt people and bitter people, and they're not all the same. They're all handling that kind of pain and struggle in different ways. And so, you know, just be prepared. If this is the kind of film you wanna see, know that this is a big part of it, is the emotional and physical and mental struggle that they're all having. And uh, and it, it really doesn't end well. And, uh, you know, you take that however you want, but it just doesn't end well for these characters. And I guess this is really a signature move of Aronofsky is to take these characters and really expose their underside and expose their dark side and expose the, uh, the wounds that they have, the scars that they have, and how much they're willing to hurt each other or hurt others. And that's not an easy picture to to kind of take in, you know. It's really tough. But I think the the core of this film is trying to find the humanity in there, and whether it's a father trying to connect with his daughter, whether it's a man trying to connect with someone he lost in the past, or trying to reconcile his own negligence or his own shame uh, or to even try and reach out and connect with someone new who needs the help needs the guidance that he can give but maybe isn't willing to listen to him you know, all of those things it's it's such a it, this film, I in my mind if I could just sum it up in one uh, image or one idea it's like a hand reaching out for help that's like this whole film. It's just a hand reaching out for help, and uh, man, uh, it's a powerful film for sure. It's strong in its uh, in its writing, in the performances. Now, it is based on a play uh, from let's see, Samuel D. Hunter, and it kind of just takes place in one apartment just over the course of several days. So that it it's kind of static in that way. But what really makes this powerful is just the performances. I mean, they're and there's so much here that is really, it just cuts so deep. It's the film, the story, I guess, it, it, the play that it's based on it. It, can feel like at moments it has such a, a dark and a mean heart. Like it is so, uh, Unflinching, But there is a humanity in there, and I, and I think that's the exercise here, both in terms of the filmmaking and the storytelling, but also for the audience to push through it and see the humanity here, see the heart, the love that is at least attempted to be shown, even if it doesn't really work out in all ways by the end of the film. So look, I would say this is a recommendation. It's just a solid film. It does get into some melodrama at some point where you start to feel like, I think this is purely just to kind of lean me towards this is how I'm supposed to feel or that's how I'm supposed to feel. You you, you take that how you will. I went for the ride and I felt like I got what the intention was. Um, It's just such a hard watch. So just keep that in mind, but it is a recommendation. I, I'd say check it out when you have a chance. All right, here we go. Film streak 268, Prospect.
1: 2742 requesting release. I'm here to harvest. I have the location of a massive deposit of warlock. The Queen's Lair, by my estimation, is the largest anyone's ever seen.
0: Someone is approaching. Where are you from? Nowhere. How (laughs) poetic.
1: The Queen's Lair. Where is it? This is something I have never seen In all my time in the green Little girl
0: We're in the same trough, you and I
1: You don't have a ship?
0: No, I don't But you will find a way to get home If you find that buried treasure
1: Why should I trust you? You're a killer
0: I am indeed But are you? I can offer protection. I say together we ravage the queen's lair.
1: Even split. Of course. I sustained a wound. I was hoping you had some juice.
0: Here is our offer. I don't understand. Put it go.
1: That is a bold offer. To trust me. You're trying to trick me. It was all in the name of self preservation, Bertie. It was nothing personal.
0: this is an interesting one. This is from a writer and director duo, uh, Christopher Caldwell and Zeke Earl. And, uh, I, I can't say I've heard their names, uh, or any other work that they've done before, but this is an interesting story in terms of, uh, it's about a father and a daughter and their attempt to kind of, uh, let's say find their way or earn their way in a world that is really unforgiving. Um, it's science fiction. So it's, it deals with space and going to different planets. And in this case, a, a surface of a moon that is toxic. Uh, so it's, it's, you can't breathe there. And it's, uh, they're, they're basically mining, they're prospecting. I mean, it's the title of the movie, right? So they're prospecting, looking for this very rare, uh, like a mineral. And it's Damon, who is the father and C, who is the daughter and, you see them kind of working out like how they can make this pan out for them in terms of what they're gonna do and the process of it and the care that they need to take and and all of that. And so it's an interesting look at, at like how you could imagine this would work and the dynamic between a father and daughter and showing that sort of cooperation and teamwork that has to happen. So they get down to the planet or to the moon surface, uh, they're doing their thing, they're looking for these minerals And they encountered two other men there. One of them is Ezra, played by my dude of the moment, Pedro Pascal. And and another character who I don't think we ever hear a name and we don't even see his face, if I remember right. So that right there is intriguing because I feel like, oh, this is going to turn into something. Like, who is this mystery character? Like, I really thought, okay, we're going to have a little bit of a, a surprise reveal or something here. Well, the film totally zags when you're not expecting it to. And by that, I mean, I look, I'd almost rather you see the film, but spoiler warning coming up, the film takes a turn because we're introduced to Damon and C as our main characters here and we're following them. And when they meet these two other characters, then we're assuming that um, they're going to maybe just cross paths or there's something about these new characters that's gonna be important to the story. Well, as it turns out, um, Damon, the father, gets killed, and the mystery stranger gets killed. So then that only leaves it with Ezra and C. And while at first it seems like, okay, this is a young girl uh, in a strange place, and she's now uh, stuck with uh, essentially a thief, someone who was intending to to rob them and maybe kill them. Now she's stuck with him. And what does that turn into? Like, what is that dynamic? And, uh, well, the idea then is they've still got this overall goal of they have to survive. And they can't survive here. So they have to find a way to get back uh, up into space, back to their spaceship or whatever. And uh, that's, that's where a new sort of dynamic, a new sort of teamwork has to Come into play and i it you see these two characters working through that challenge like it, it, emotionally and physically of like okay how are we going to work together and then when other characters start to come into play you start to see like um ezra maybe is going to look out for himself and see maybe is just interested in taking care of herself but they really do have to end up working together and they in a way strangely find their own bond uh just to get through it all it's it's a little hard to say that this is really a similar father and daughter story but it's an element of this story of this dynamic of them working together them learning about each other understanding each other and just focusing on a on a goal that they both have to achieve and so uh I would say there's two things about this film that impressed me is one is the, the the craft, the filmmaking, because this seems at least from a visibility standpoint, like it doesn't seem like a, a, a film that got much notice. Like, I don't think I ever heard about this in theaters. Uh, it almost seems like um, this was a streaming only thing. I don't know. So, it, it doesn't feel like a big production, but the level of filmmaking, the effects, the uh, visuals, they're pretty decent. I mean, it, it really, it sells you on the environment they're in. It sells you on the conditions that they're having to deal with. Um, and then, there's something about the dialogue. There's something about the writing here. Not in terms of just the story and the way it's kind of plotted out and what these characters have to do. But... Especially Ezra Pedro Pascal's character. There's something about his way of speaking, the 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 dialogue for him that there's like a poetry to it. There's a lilt in a way, and there were a couple moments in the film where I was like just listening to it. Like if I closed my eyes, like his character of Ezra, it almost reminded me of Mao from Firefly, Nathan Fillion and. Not just the the tone of the character and the uh, attitude, let's say, but the dialogue. It, there is this kind of strangely like uh, postmodern Western space cowboy dialogue. Like it feels kind of old timey, but also new in a way, like futuristic. Uh, I don't know. It's it's a strange affectation and and the way phrases are put together that I really I don't know. I just found myself really interested in. Like to to really craft a character and give them a very distinct way of speaking because of the world that they come from or the the background that that we don't get to see, but all those things kind of inform. Um, here's this character; he just talks a different kind of way that I think works. It could be distracting in some ways uh, to maybe to some to some ears, but for me, it really works. It it at least makes this character distinct. And you understand he's coming from a different place than C. And so maybe he's got different things in mind. So, look, I would say it's a mild recommendation, okay? It's, it's not particularly strong in terms of any action or... Uh, I'll tell you what, actually, you know what? Let me, let me stop. There is a really intense and borderline disturbing, even though you don't really catch a lot, but there's a scene where a character has to get their arm cut off and you see it play out step by step. You see the process because it's something that has to be done with care and precision and all that. And so it, it is a, you really do see it kind of play out moment by moment. Now you don't actually see a lot of, uh, let's say graphic uh, blood or, or gore or none of that, but walking through the steps of it, that is probably the most intense part of the film for me at least because you're imagining so much of what you're not seeing on camera or on screen, but it's played in their performances. And I, and I think at least that was uh, kind of a, a, a key moment in the film, but also it showed the level of creativity because, hey, you don't have maybe the budget or the, the whatever to show this all. So let's just act through it and let's describe it. Let's have the characters say what's happening. And it works. And it's pretty effective. So that's kind of where we're at. I mean, it's not big and it's not big and showy, but it does have moments, and it uses what it has pretty effectively. I think so. That's a recommendation. I would say check that one out. All right. And I think I saw that on. I think actually this one. I think I saw it on Canopy, which is. Uh, I think I've mentioned before. It's a free streaming service. All you need is a a public library card, and you use your library card number, you create your account, you can stream movies for free. I think you can stream like so many per month, like three a month or whatever it is. But it's good if you're trying to find a film that's maybe a little harder to find, uh, a little bit rare, or maybe uh, it's just not available on any of the more, you know, popular streaming services, the pay services. So check that out on Canopy. Next up, Film Streak 269, Searching.
1: I'm Margo. I haven't been able to reach Margo. When was the last time you saw her? The study group only went till nine. I think we're gonna go late. No, she definitely left at nine. I'm Margo. Did she mention anything unusual? Was she acting strange? I'm Margo Where are you? She's been transferring funds for the last six months I'm Marga. We found blood in the vehicle How did
0: David respond?
1: These problems usually start in the household Mr. Kim, is everything okay? Everything is great Margo and I are She had cash in her car He felt bad about everything
0: She was my best
1: friend Oh my God Told
0: me she ran away
1: I didn't know her I didn't know my daughter.
0: Okay, so look, here, this is a really interesting film. And actually, I'm going to do a double feature with the next one coming up. But this is from uh, writer and director Anish Shaganti. And uh, I got to say, this is a really inventive use of this style of filmmaking, which I feel like there must have been a film maybe a few years back that, that tried to do something like this. And I think it might've been like a horror film. I, I don't remember, but I, I know I've kind of seen this technique done somewhere else, but here it really is. I mean, it goes all in. So this is a film about a father, David. He, he has a daughter, Margot, and you know, we're introduced to them. It's like, we're just watching someone use a computer we're just seeing the screen of the computer and we're seeing there was also an account on the computer for a mother, uh, Pam, I think was the name. And so we're seeing this early, like someone, a family's first computer. So we see the father, the daughter, we see the the mother, we see them creating their accounts. We see little video clips and pictures on the desktop and all that. And then we see it get to the moment where There are pictures and and emails and so on about the mother having an illness. And then the mother uh, ends up passing away. And that's like the first, I don't know, five minutes of the film. And we're just seeing this all play out through screens, right? And we see Margot and we see David, her father. And they're on phone calls and they're using their computers and they're taking pictures. And... We're seeing what their life is now. And all this is done so that we set up like where Margot ends up uh, at some point in the film, she ends up going missing. And then it's all about David. One, like just figuring out where she is, tracking her down, like, hey, calling some people, emailing, texting some people. And the sort of typical frustration That you know you might have with a a father and daughter relationship or just a parent child relationship. Hey, where are you? How come you not answer me? Or how come you being irresponsible? Or how come you not doing what I asked? Or whatever. And shout out to John Cho because here, I mean, we see a similar story as we did uh, with uh, "Don't Make Me Go," but this was five years earlier. This is from 2018, and so here's another way of approaching this sort of subject matter. And telling it in in a very unique and inventive uh, technique, so we're seeing David. We're seeing him trying to find out where his daughter is and what happened to her and where did she go and who is she with. So by doing that, of course, he's looking through like any connection she has. And that and here's the thing where the film really gets inventive and and, and kind of smart really, because it shows like how how you have to track someone down today. In the past, you know, you might see it in in old films or or TV shows where someone's missing. Well, the person looking for them, they just go around asking people. They go door to door. They just, they show people a picture. Have you seen this person? Have you seen this person? Have you seen this person? Uh, Or they post up little posters or little uh, uh, pictures of them everywhere. Or they go to the news, let's say and they do that whole thing. I mean, you even saw it as recently as Gone Girl, which was not even 10 years ago. You know, that was the that was the way it was depicted of like this is how we find a missing person. We go on the news. We we show their picture, we make a plea for them to return or be returned or whatever. And this film it takes a different approach because <clears throat> it's not so much about the public's role in this. Actually, that does come into play later, but it is about the person who's looking, the person who's trying to find the missing person. What, what can they do? What can you or I do to find somebody who's missing, who's important to us? Not the police, not the media, not you know private investigators or, or whatever. It's what can we do? What can a regular person do? And so here we see the power of technology come into play. It's like you, you realize that in so many ways you have a, a device, whether it's a computer or a phone or, or whatever, that can do a lot to find somebody. And this film even goes into how you can do that through looking through someone's connections, logging into their account, whether it's like an online thing, like a Facebook account or whatever, how you have to, uh, or how you can, let's say, manipulate that and even uh, do some social hacks to make that work. It's pretty inventive because it's not something that, like for me, let's say I've gotten locked out of an email account or whatever, you know, there's ways to recover that or reset it and gain access. And I've known that for myself personally, but when you say, oh, wait a minute, If I have someone who's missing, can I use this for them too? How does that work? Like, how do you take advantage of the mechanics there? And the reason I feel like this actually does work, it can work, is because, unfortunately, I had to do this. I had to do this when my mom passed away. You know, there were some of her accounts that yeah, you know, we had to get access to. We had to reconcile some things. Uh, I had to find out some information or whatever. So, like, I had to figure out how to get into her email account, how to get into her phone, and that's a person who is missing in the most extreme way. Uh, but it's, it's the information or the uh, data that's in those accounts in those devices or whatever it's like it has to be accessed and is it possible for me to do it do i have to somehow turn to i don't know uh, a service or law enforcement or whatever what turns out yeah you can do it and really it's not something you should try and do or or just do in general but it's there the the mechanisms are there if you know how to make them work right and so here where you see david using these Uh, workarounds just to find his daughter that right there is intriguing enough because i feel like yeah if you think this through there are ways you can make this happen now when the story really ratchets up the stakes here is when we when we do see david find out maybe what she's been up to that she hasn't been telling him because he's trying to just find out where where she is and what happened to her when we see all that come into play and we see that, oh, here's a father who who maybe didn't know his daughter and maybe just trusted that she was okay and that she was doing the right thing. And then it becomes, uh, maybe it becomes apparent that she wasn't doing the right thing or maybe he didn't know her and she's been hiding some things. And when the suspicion of like, well, what does this mean now? When that all starts to infect everything he sees and the people that he talks to, he becomes paranoid and suspicious and uh, it becomes frustrating. And it becomes really, it becomes terrifying. And, and I think that's where the, the the big key of this film is because it's not just about a man trying to find somebody, but it's finding somebody And then realizing maybe he didn't know this person like he thought. And this is the person that is the most closest to him. And that's where the the drama of it comes in. Because then it's like, well, maybe he still has a chance to fix this or make this right or connect with his daughter in the right way and in a positive way. And... This film uh, does everything it can to twist and turn your expectation and and what you were thinking was about to happen. Everything from where did she go, to who was with her, to what happened to her, to uh, who's involved, all that stuff. I mean, it it does a pretty effective job. Now, I'll say this, there there are maybe a few moments where it gets a little bit on the nose of uh, trying to, I guess, portray the frustration and the anger and the, uh, the fear that these characters, are, are, specifically David, that he's going through. But I get it because you're kind of limited. Like There is no cutaway to uh, a camera on a tripod cinematically showing things happening. It's all played out through screens. Even some of the scenes are, are just dialogue that you're just reading as text messages. I think on paper, you wouldn't think that would necessarily work, even though of course the film is written as a screenplay. So you're just reading the words, but here like to read an actual text chain in real time happening, you you would think that doesn't seem very dramatic or cinematic, but this film, because it commits to this style, it works. It keeps you in the moment. It keeps you in the right setting. So you know here, I think this is really inventive, it's really unique, and it commits and it works. So I would say, overall,, look, give this a watch. I think it's really good um, in terms of what it's trying to do here, even the story it's trying to tell. And that was really my focus, was, oh, oh okay, here's a father. his daughter's missing. What is he going to do to find her? That's really a, a, a relevant subject matter to me and only because that's every parent's worst fear, and that's the thing that really makes you think, like, what would you do? What can you do? And here's a film that at least tries to depict that in a a realistic, uh, feasible way. So that's a watch for me. Check that one out. All right, next up here, Film Streak 270, Missing.
1: call June. Mom, this is FaceTime. Oh, gosh. And I need you to write a couple of things down. The car keys, I just said write it down. You're not writing it down. Kevin and I are headed to LAX, and we need you to pick us up on Monday. Keep your location on the entire time I'm away. No fun. Got it. Who else got a- Hello. Hi, this is Grace Allen. Please leave a message. Mom,
0: where are you guys? Hi,
1: my mom. What is your emergency? My mom never came home from her trip. I don't know where she is. I'm calling about a guest you had. Um, uh, does anyone speak English?
0: Uh, I'm sorry. This is Elijah Park.
1: Please, I need your help.
0: The FBI doesn't have jurisdiction to investigate in Colombia.
1: So is there anything I can do?
0: The best thing you can do to help us is just
1: wait by your phone. Hey, okay, hi, mommy. Hi, Joomba. I'm not giving up on my mom. There's got to be a way to find her. Me escuchas? I need you to go to this hotel and ask for their security footage. The uh, cleaning senora says she sees two American tourists at the hardware store. What did he buy? Just this. Do you think he did something to her? You're going through Kevin's email? You need to let the police handle this. I tried! But we're running out of time! Who are these people? This woman calls him Darren. You weren't gonna tell me my mom was dating a felon? You need to trust me on this. Shocking new footage has leaked online. <gasps> no! way! I have some questions regarding something we're looking into. Has your mom ever gone by any of their names? What? The strangest case I've ever seen. There may be more than meets the eye. There are some legit questions. Hey, Junbug. There's actually a lot I want to talk with you about. Oh my God! Someone's
0: here. Now, okay. Look, I said this is a uh, a little bit of a double feature with searching, and in reality. It's almost, uh, it's not a sequel, but it is like the perfect kind of sequel. Because if it were an actual like direct sequel to Searching, it would just be a little silly. That would cross a line somehow. Because this film is about uh, the same basic plot, the same premise, but it's from the other side of the equation. This is about a daughter who, her, her, her mother goes missing. And in a way, it is this character going through the same uh, process of using technology, using uh, phone calls and and pictures and, uh, you know, trying to find out what happened to her mother and find out where she is and who might know her, who might be involved. We're seeing this from the point of view of a character who is somewhat disadvantaged, Because in searching, you have a father who has more resources, has more, uh, let's say, more reach. And yet here we have a a teenage girl who maybe doesn't have as much resources and doesn't have the same kind of uh, sway, like to maybe get, I don't know, law enforcement or get other people to cooperate or help her. But what she does have, which I... I feel like is actually somewhat accurate. She has a better grasp and familiarity with technology, and being able to look up things and find things and piece different things together. And this film does the same thing in terms of showing how you can sort of uh, manipulate the the mechanics of social media and online accounts and passwords and all that to still get access to something and find somebody. And so I will say this, um, the the thing about this film that I don't know if it's as strong as searching, at least in terms of uh, the plot, is towards the end of the film, I don't want to spoil anything, but because this this film does also do a lot of uh, it throws a lot of twists and turns at you and it it kind of upends whatever expectation you were building or it was leading you to. Like it does stray into maybe your more typical domestic thriller territory. And that's where I feel like, "Mm, I don't know if I would have done that. And it's not that it doesn't make sense for the plot. It's just something that I feel like I've seen a couple of these story devices, these these types of beats. I've seen them before, and it makes sense in a movie, right? Like in a quote-unquote movie, but here we're really trying to ground this thing in reality and what we all see every single day of our lives, whether it's a phone or emails or, or text message, whatever. So I feel like using that as your basic approach to telling the story. Why did we all of a sudden go into this heightened crime drama territory? It just feels like there it wanders into like, okay, we're leaving reality a little bit now. But in the end, I think it's still strong in terms of it commits. It commits to this bit of we're sticking to whatever you can see on a screen. We're not cutting away to a crane shot or a tracking shot of something. It's really just about whatever is on someone's phone, or whatever is on someone's computer. And that's how we tell this story. And it's really limiting, it's really restricting, but I think that's what forces the creativity, right? That's how you can get these really interesting moments where you're seeing a scene happen between characters, but not in a really traditional way. For a movie, for real life, yes, it totally lines up with what you see every day, but not for a movie. So, look, I would say this is a another great example of how to use this approach and make it work. I don't know if the performances are as strong. You know, you got your main character here, is Storm Reed, who uh, some people probably recognize from The Last of Us or Euphoria. Um, here, she is the main character, and she is the character that we pretty much are with for like 90% of the film. And... So she really has a lot to carry. And John Cho does a great job in searching. And here in Missing, uh, Storm Reed is also... She holds it together. She carries it through. Because it's not just about someone trying to find someone. But it's about someone kind of looking back and reflecting on this person. And if they were to never find this person, what would that mean for them? And... You know, and that's something with searching, I felt too, is the reality of looking through someone's account, whether it's email or or whatever, and basically having to piece together their actions or their train of thought, or even their, their feelings in whatever moment that was in the past. But seeing it through your own, eyes seeing it through a different lens i mean one it can be really emotional because you're seeing something that you may have been a part of but you're seeing it from a different point of view and you're seeing it from a point of view of a person that maybe in in my case you know you'll never see again and that's uh It can be a, a, a really, it can, re- it can be a really heartbreaking experience. And I have, I have some of that. I mean, I, I did go through some of that is, you know, going through some of my mom's emails because I was looking for information about doctors and, and phone numbers and stuff. And just seeing like the, the other types of emails she got, which were, Innocuous. They didn't, you know, nothing scandalous or anything. But just seeing, oh, well, my mom got a lot of these emails from this store. She she liked shopping at the store. Oh, these are the kinds of things that she was shopping for. Little things like that still. It's like, I I didn't know that by my mom. Or maybe I did know it, but, uh, you know, something like that where it's like, I'm going to miss that now. Like, I'm never going to see that. And then it's a matter of just finding a way to be okay with that. To know that time has stopped for this account, for this person, maybe. And you have to work with what's there. And it's not going to be ideal. It's not going to be what you would want or wish for. But it's all you have. And if this is, in the case of these films, it's like you're trying to find somebody and you're racing against time. Or you're racing against the elements or or people or whatever it is, it's scary. It really is scary. I mean, it's a real fear. It's not a, a, a movie fear. It's a real fear. And I think that's something that, you know, whether you, everybody really connects with that or not in these films, uh, I think it's important to recognize that these filmmakers the the writers the directors we have here it's Nicholas D Johnson and Will Merrick and they're really tapping into something that I think is unique and really kind of innovative because this could be a film that is just made as a YouTube video or as a series or whatever but the fact that they're really elevating this into the into that stratosphere of film of a cinematic creation. I think that's what's really driving home how powerful this is. So look, I'll say this. This is a recommendation for sure. Uh, missing and searching. It's actually a really interesting double feature. So I, if you have the time or inclination, maybe try that. Um, they're not connected at all. There's no overlap, the characters or the story, but it is the same filmmaking approach, the same storytelling uh, uh, technique. So if this, if one of them interests you, the other one will interest you also. So give those a watch. All right. So look, that was another episode of Film Streak. Hey, happy Father's Day. Um, If you listen to this, uh, Father's Day just passed. So I'm a father. I have a father. And it's an experience. It's a... Part of life that uh, I can't say I was necessarily um, always prepared for all of the intricacies of, but as they have come and have presented themselves uh, with my children or or with my father being a son, it's been very eye opening. It's been very, uh, especially lately, it's been very e- emotional and sometimes trying, but I know it's a part of life. It's not just like being a mother. Being a mother is is a very different experience, I'm sure. I have no doubt about that. But I can say as a father that it's a lot of responsibility. It's a lot of care. It's a lot of attention that you have to devote to doing it right. Or even if you're not doing it right, just doing the best you can and trying to do it right. So shout out to all the dads out there. And uh, I, I just think, um, check out some of these films. If you're not a father, this may give you a little bit of a touch of what it can be or what it means. Uh, if you are a father, maybe there's some stuff in here you will relate to and, and recognize as things you've gone through or, or may go through. And, and that's the other thing. For me, this is important for me because this is about fathers and their daughters. And you know, Missing, there's no father in the picture. Actually, there is. Uh, so I'll stop right there. <laughs> but Missing, it's important to me because it is about a daughter who is stepping up. And And in most of these films, that is also the case. These daughters, they step up. They take on responsibility. They take on the challenge. They try to do the right thing. And so that's important to me also. I have a daughter... And she's at an age now where that is essential to her being successful and being happy in life. And that's something I, I I talk to her all the time about. And my son, too. There are certain things you can do to make your life better that only you can do. I can't do anymore. Right, Dad's not going to be around to hold your hand all the time. And so these films, in, for me, work on both of those levels. And so if you have a father, if you are a father, if you have a daughter, if you are a daughter, check out these films. I think you might find some stuff in here that you can relate to and maybe take a little something away from. Either way, check them out. Let me know what you think. Comments at filmstreet.com. Tell me, are these working for you? This, are, are, are there maybe some better films? So, all right, that's it. I, I've talked enough. I'm gonna go enjoy the day with my kids and, uh, and my father. And I'll talk to y'all later. In the meantime, go watch something new.